I want to focus on a passage. We're going to cut it into thirds. We're going to talk about the beginning of the passage, the middle of the passage, what happens, and then we're going to close out. And I want to make application. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm going to warn you that we're going to start out very deep and very dark. And I, and I mean that with all of my heart. I am tired of there being struggles. And, and a lot of times pastors get away from that. Here's what I've realized. I've gone through my messages before and I see that there's a common theme of probably a third of what I preach. And that is literally overcoming sin, overcoming struggles, facing the storms, climbing the mountain. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's worded. And those are all scriptural. All of those things over and over again. Even, even the Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The, the, the dark places that we go to. And I almost hesitate even getting into there saying, Man, we, we talk so much about spiritual warfare or fighting or struggles. But you know why I do that? You know why it's frequently in the Bible? Because there's not a soul or a person here right now that's not dealing with it. Amen. You can sit there and say, Oh, not me. I'm going to tell you, behind the scenes... I promise you, you're dealing with it. And there's those areas of your life as Christians, and that's where I want to really zone in specifically, that I, I've asked you, I, I, Lord, I know the, the fight with the devil. I know that there's a fight with our flesh. I know there's a fight with the world. I know that the world is not for us, and that there's a battle all the way around us, and it's raging, and it's after us. I know those things. But what if I told you that there's another battle? You're saying, wait a minute, he's talked about the devil. He talked about the world. He talked about my flesh. What else is there? And it's part of the fight with the devil, but it goes deeper than that. I will be getting into a passage this morning that I know that I've hit on before, but it's directly applicable to what we're doing. But I think there's areas of Christians' lives that literally they seem to get victory over. And I'm not just talking about a besetting sin of the flesh. I'm going to go even deeper than that. But an area of our lives that you seem to be able to push off and all of a sudden it comes back and it gets you down again. And you push it off and it comes back and gets down on you again. It, it might be a fear. It, it might be lust. It, it might be an addiction or something like that. And what I realized, just by reading my Bible and I come across a couple passages, I circled that and I went, wait, what, what is that? I came over here and I thought, wow, that's something that I often skip. And man, I've never brought that out before. And I connected the dots and I stood back and I went, Oh my goodness, why are we not preaching on this? Why are we not addressing this? Because it is definitely in scripture and it is definitely real. Whatever the issue is, and it's different for everybody. You know why? Because we are all different. And those attacks on us will always be different. You sit there and say, man, I don't struggle like him or her. That's right. Satan has an arsenal and he knows exactly what to pull out to use on you. He's that good. So, man, you're complimenting the devil. I, th I think we need to acknowledge that the areas that he is good at because we need to know how to get better at those things. Mark chapter 5, verse 1, is where we're going to go through for the next three weeks. We're going to go through the first and then the second and then the third parts of this story. And I want to break this down into application. And I will get off as for supporting scripture, but I, I want to I dev devour this passage and just break this down. You guys know the story. Mark chapter 5, verse 1, And it came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of Gardenus. And when he was come out the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. If you have your Bibles, I would underline, put in your notes, question, what is an unclean spirit? 
Here's another question I have for you. If it's in the Bible, do we still have unclean spirits today? You know what we think of right now, and I mentioned this on Wednesday night, as soon as we start thinking of unclean spirits or the spiritual realm like that, our minds go straight to, who are you going to call? <laughs> Somebody said Jesus. The world would say Ghostbusters, okay? But that's, that's how our minds think. Because we've been so wrapped up in what we see from Hollywood and the world, and all of a sudden we're reading in our Bibles an unclean spirit. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, you, you, you keep reading, keep flipping. Go verse to verse, chapter to chapter through the end. You tell me where they disappear. You tell me where God says, I'll tell you about it in Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. But then they're gone after that. Nowhere does the Bible say they're gone after that. So where are they? What are they doing? How are they working? Are they here? Will they be out in the parking lot when you get home? Are they messing with your kids? Are they here, an unclean spirit that, that we know? And, and, and I, I alluded to this, and that's part of the reason why I got into this whole series is because I was reading 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and I came across a similar passage with this. Because we know that one-third... One-third of the angels were kicked out of heaven through the rebellion. And I've heard some people say that that is not demons, and some people say that it is. I read in Revelation chapter 12, 9, where it, when it says that he uh, disciplines them and throws them in, he said, he that deceiveth the whole world was cast into earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Talked about that in the Old Testament, or talked about the kicking out of the angels, and then we see it in Revelation when they're tortured, when they're thrown into hell for the, the damage that they did to us for all that time. So I see the connection there. But the, the question is, or the statement that I like to make, we are foolish to think that we do not deal with this now, or we're foolish to ignore this. I'm not the type of person to use scare tactics. I'm not going to walk out of here flicking holy water on you guys and putting, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want you guys walking through your houses, you know. I, I, I'm not trying to turn this into something weird. But I think that's why we avoid it, because we have this mindset, you know, that we've seen the movie so many times, or we've seen radical weird people that have turned this into a hocus-pocus thing, and it's almost scared us from the reality of what it actually is. Scary movies, Halloween, The Walking Dead, zombies, Exorcist, Chucky, all, all these, Freddy Krueger, you know, all, all these things, our minds go to those things. When it comes to then we just sit there and say, oh, that is all science fiction or horror flicks and things like that. But I'm going to tell you that it's real. I'll tell you that Satan is working, and I'm going to tell you that he's not working alone. And I can prove it. Mark chapter 5, verse 2, we see them. And when he was come out of the ship... Immediately he met out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. We know the word spirit. The word spirit means unseen of the spiritual realm. We understand this from if we study the Holy Spirit. And I just sit there and say that the word spirit for a Holy Spirit, unclean spirit, the word spirit is the same word. So if I'm over here to explain the Holy Spirit, it's a presence with us. He speaks to us, not audibly, but to our hearts. He leads, he directs. He comes into our hearts to, to give us comfort. He, he tries to pull us in the direction through conviction. We know all of the promises. He gives peace and satisfaction and all those things. But now pull out the word holy and plug in unclean. It means impure. It means ungodly. 
It means defiled. It means demonic. It means the opposite of clean. Verse 3 gives us a description of how this unclean spirit works. I'm not saying that everybody is affected the same way. But I'm going to tell you, if I'm going to draw this and say, this is, this is the works of a hammer. A hammer can nail in nails. And a hammer can open, you know, pull off drywall. And all these, these are the effects of the working or the product of a hammer. Let me show you a demon or the demonic spirit or the unclean spirits or the works of Satan. And come out and say, these are some of the things that I can show you he does or his agenda or how he works. Number one, I'm going to show you this man was bound. He was bound. You say, well, he broke the fetters. He could not break what was behind the fetters or the chains. There was a greater power than what it was the chains were. It was internal. It was torment. It was internal. It says in verse 3, who had his dwellings among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. He was a slave to sin. The chains did not hold him. But the powers behind what the chains represented did. Guys, it is, it is not just drugs and alcohol and greed and lust and hate and porn and all those things that bind you. There's a power behind those things that do those. That does the binding. Without Christ. Without Christ you are a prisoner. You are a prisoner with a death sentence. You are a prisoner that you cannot escape there's no money that you can pay to remove the fetters. You, there's no money that you can pay to remove the bondage. You are bound. You see the outward manifestations of it through lust and greed and hating and all those other things that we talked about. But behind there is the manipulation and the holdings of that is hell. Because can I say it again? There is hell to pay for your sin. And I'm saying that biblically correct. Not the way that the world puts it. There is hell as the destination of our sin. And you say, that makes me feel uncomfortable. You're welcome. It should. And if it doesn't, something's wrong. Because what we're talking about is not the latest blockbuster. And we're not talking about what they're going to be talking about in entertainment tonight. We're talking about the reality of your life without Christ. That is it. Because the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are born in sin. And this describes the bondage that he had, but also the brokenness. Satan brings those two things every single time. He will bring bonding. He will bring the traps. He will bring the snares. He will bring the addiction, the holding on our lives, but also the brokenness. What he had as a result in verse 4, because that he had been oft bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken into pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, he's in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. You know what the, the result of those things were of the bondage? It was misery. His brokenness. The Bible says that no man could contain him. No man could help him. They tried to, and eventually they said, just chain him up in the mountains. He broke through. Chain him in the, chain him in the tombs. Put him where? And I tell you, I think that was, 
an outward manifestation, a visual picture of how he felt. I am dead inside. I am alone. I am miserable. I have nothing going for me whatsoever. And no matter what I try to do to relieve the pain, nothing changes it. No chain could contain him. There is no drug that can fix you. There's not enough weed in this world to give you peace. There's not a man or a woman or any other addiction or problem or thing that you run after that will ever relieve the pain and the suffering that you have from these problems that the world and the devil brings in. Every day the devil has the same agenda. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. That, that is his agenda. Every day he comes in to steal, to kill, and destroy. Brokenness. This man had lost everything. You say, why? Satan came to steal, to kill, and destroy. He works. I'm going to ask my guys to come out. I'm a visual learner, and I want you guys to get the principle of what we're going to show today. And I want to see that, there's, that we're going to divide every person in the congregation into one of these two guys right here. I'm going to, I'm going to have Bruce right here represent the lost man. And I'm going to show you that behind every lost man, behind this guy that was bound in fetters, the guy that was bound in there, he had an opposition. And Mike, I'm going to ask you to come out. I hate to use you as a demon, man, but uh, I, wa- I wanted it to represent a force or a power that was greater than him. And, and the thing is, you, Bruce, when we're born, we're born in sin. There's, there's nothing. You, you guys understand, it's not a matter of, oh, I hope I don't get to the point where I lose my power to do something. You are born in sin. Sin. You can, you can label this however you want. This is the first lie that you've committed. This, this is the lust and greed and hate and pride and arrogance and the love of money and all the other things. This is spreading strife around the church, however you want to put it. But let me tell you who's controlling it. We put all the emphasis on, I have this. It's a matter of who has you. Let, let me ask you guys right now, who has you? And every time we sit there and say, well, I've, I've, I've done better I've got my marriage under control. I, 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 I let go of the drinking. I don't do that on Friday nights. I think I've got a grip on this. He owns you. I want you guys to see that he owns you. And let me tell you, in Revelation, at the end of it, I can promise you that Satan, all of his imps, the Bible says, is cast, cast into the lake of fire. That's where he is going. That's where all the powers of hell are going. That is because Jesus Christ died on the cross. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And he cast everything that hurts you and I into the pits of hell. But there's also the wages of sin is death. Which literally means that because you are tied to this sin, because you have the manipulation and the power and everything that comes with it, you also go to hell. And that's where we sit there and, whoa, 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 I'm a good person. All of you are good person. Good deeds and your good church attendance and your giving and your supporting the poor and everything else doesn't change that. It does not change that. And I tell you, all of these things in this thing behind you, what represents is the agony and the self-mutilation and everything else that comes with that. It's different for us. But he comes to steal and destroy. I thought about he, he loves to steal your purity. 
He loves to steal your self-identity. This is why so many people, when they're there and they're miserable and they're, they feel alone and they're like, like that maniac, I was saying, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this presence or this misery in my life? So we try different things. And honestly, you know what they are? They're self-mutilation. Just like he says, he screamed that night. I promise you in this crowd right now, there are those that are in the crowd right now that that is you. Miserable. Absolutely miserable. You can sit there and shoot up or get over your weed and and the high and and the, the love of those things for the moment. You can run to that girl and that guy and that girl. And at the end of the day, you feel as empty as when you started. Because I tell you, all of the things that you thought that was, you know what the method or the goal of that was? To steal. To steal your identity. Man, I thought if I had that girlfriend, I'd feel better about myself. But instead, all I am is, I, I, I'm looked at as a playboy. I'm looked at as a user. I'm, I, I'm a womanizer. I'm, I'm this and that. I, all these different things. And he totally, slowly strips you down. This man had no identity. He was the maniac of Gadara. He was the crazy man. Because that's what Satan does. He steals our family. He steals our joy. He steals our satisfaction. In Mark chapter 5 verse 4. He was often bound with fetters and chains. Lost everything. Stuck there to die. This is where it's going to get real. You guys ready for this? Because this is the guy that I want to focus on too. You say, wait a minute. That's not right. And I'm going to tell you guys right now. I had this really cool conversation with some guys on our trip this last week. And we got into this. You realize whom the Son has set free, you are free indeed. Can you drop those chains, buddy? There are no chains on him. And I know we get into it. Of saying, hey, wait a minute. I struggle. I have this war. I, 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 Pastor Tony, if you knew, if you knew I am saved and I love God and I know that I've been set free. And I'll tell you, over there, he has the ability to possess. And I do believe that that stuff happens. You can't have these wacko serial killers and think that that's just human. That's not normal. Something is going on there when people can mutilate thousands of people and and go after children and do these kind of things and think that that is normal. There is a power behind that that is greater than the person. They are nothing more than a puppet. Bin Laden and all these weirdos that go out and do all this stuff. They have people behind ISIS and you're saying, well, they're just whacked out people that's deeper than that. So Mike, I want you to leave that guy alone. I want you guys to know that just because you accept Christ as your Savior, and I'm not saying for the symbolism that Satan has let this guy go, but he's not going to let this guy go just because Christ removes his chains. Are you going to take that? (laughs) See, there's something that happens. When we accept Christ and Christ removes the chains... This is what was going to drag you to hell. The payment of your sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He he removes 
what we cannot see. This, this symbolizes that, that the payment, the fact that no matter what, God, Satan says, I'm going to take you to hell. Satan comes over here and goes, whoa, I've lost, I've lost my grip on this guy. He's covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. But here's, here's where I have to cross over and help you to understand there is more going on. And I, I, this is the passage that I wanted you guys to understand when we got into this. And I've gone through this before in a different passage in a different way. But in Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle. Do you know who the we are? It is believers wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know why? Because it's spiritual. It is spiritual. We struggle against something that you cannot see. And this is, this is what I want to do. Do you mind standing over here, Bob? I'm going to expose you for who you are. Can we do that? I, I want you guys, if, if we could get beyond you today, if I could move you out of the way, you say, we can't see the spiritual realm. Oh, we can. I'm, I'm going to show it to you right now. Okay, you guys ready? So we can see it because God says, I don't want you being ignorant of Satan's devices. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the, the, of the snares of the devil. The Bible tells us over and over again, I will describe it. I will tell you. I will warn you. I will label it. I will point it out to you. We can see it. He said, for we wrestle not. This, this thing that happens where Mike does this over and over again, it's like, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And, and, and Bob's over there going, what in the world? Why again? Why is this temptation back? Why am I feeling drawn to this? Why, why am I struggling with this? Why did I blow up again? What is in there that's pushing and pulling, hurting and driving me? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Principalities. Powers. Plural. Against rulers. Plural. Of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. It does not just say the devil. You guys get that? Nowhere in the Bible does it just say that Satan, because Satan is not omnipresent. Meaning that Satan can go over and he can manipulate and he can do things. And God even said, where you been? I've been walking to and fro. He didn't say I was everywhere. He can't be everywhere. Thank God we serve a God that can be everywhere. He is with all of us all the time, anywhere and everywhere. Satan is not that way. We'll get into a whole lot more of that next week. I can't wait. So we'll, we'll build up to that because something happens in this story. Ah, I'm going to stop. But we fight against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual is a presence that you cannot see. It cannot possess you, but it can wrestle with you. Do you get that? Wrestle, meaning a hand on, push you around, tell you, whisper in your ear, manipulate, do those types of things. On Wednesday, you don't have to turn there, but let me read this. Wednesday, you say, what was that passage that we were reading that got into this? Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. It doesn't mean the faith of lose their salvation or jump out of the boat of salvation. It does not mean that at all. But it does mean that word faith means moral conviction and religious truth. In the latter days, the Bible says that there's going to be Christians that come to church that begin to sit there and question Maybe, maybe I don't need God. Or maybe I'm okay. Maybe it's not a big deal to be in my Bible. Or maybe, maybe we get into the doctrines of demons, the teaching of demons, or the things that demons will tell us. I'm reading it right here. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines or teachings of devils. 
You think this is just something that it's no big deal and we should breeze over? Hey, in the latter days, we're not even talking about the maniac of Gadara. Talking about us. Specifically, the Bible comes out and nails us, points to us, brings this out about us. In the latter days, there's going to be coming. And I can tell you guys right now, if you're going to get into this passage, it actually is talking about false doctrine, false religion, and false teaching. I know that. The doctrines of things that lead people astray from God. But that doctrine of teaching and leading people astray can come from a lot of other things. Because the Bible just says that it is seducing spirits. Literally means spirits that lead you away. Let me tell you what Satan does. You know when the Bible says when it casts down imaginations and every thought, every thought that gets into those things into your mind? You know when the Bible tells us that when we're saved, you have to have the renewing of your mind? You know how the Bible says that if you put up the shield of faith that you may be able to, the darts of the devil, that they go airborne and stick into us? All that's still in there. Because this is what he does. He can't, he can't bring you to hell with this anymore, Bob. But he sure can tell you about where you've been. He sure can tell you what you've done. He sure does want to bring that up and say, remember when you had all the fun with those girls? Your, your, your wife, all she does is nag you. She doesn't care about you. But I'll tell you, that girl, that girl at work, she sees the value of who you are. She, she appreciates you. You know, your mom and dad, they, they don't have time for you. That's why you should be with that teenage boy that cares nothing about you but your body. Sit there and tell you and get into your minds and your hearts and sit there and shake those chains in you. You know what he does? That's what he does when he's fighting. We wrestle not. That's what he does. He's over and over again. And nowhere in the Bible does it say it just goes away. But it lists all these things. After an, one after another, it lists all these things. We begin to think that we can't do it, that we'll never be happy. I'm telling you, there are believers, there are Christians, there are mom and dads, moms that get out of work and get in the car. And you sit there and have to take that big breath of relief going, I have to go home and my husband's still mad at me. And I know when I get home, the kids are going to be all upset because I don't have dinner ready. You know what? I, I think those kids would be just better off without me. Miserable. Just miserable. And he just gets at us. He can't drag you to hell, but he sure can make you miserable. And when you read the rest of Ephesians, he goes through it and says, rulers of darkness of this world, these unclean spirits that are in the world rule the darkness. I'm going to ask you guys, what is the darkness? You think about that. Principalities and powers. It goes in and it says, rulers of darkness, principalities and powers of this world. Think about that for a minute. What is the wickedness of this world? Let me tell you right now. This guy that's standing behind this, that's behind the scenes right now, the ruler of this, he's the manipulator of pornography. He is the pusher of drugs. I promise you, you get into it, you're going to find out that he does anything to steal, to kill, and destroy. 
He is not. So if I'm going to sit there and say, well, I look at this stuff and it really doesn't hurt me and blah, 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 all this. Others, God says, get out of the way. Do you know what you're messing with? Do you know what you're playing with when you flirt with that guy online? Do you know what you're messing with when you get that drug? When you mis- misuse that, that, that thing that the doctor gave you that you said you justified, it's not okay. He drags you deeper and deeper and he has no control over you, but he gets with our minds, he gets with our flesh and he leads us away. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers of the darkness. The rulers of the porn, the rulers of this junk of this world. Every bar, every dealer, every trash, the manipulation, and it sucks it out of us. If I'm the pull it there, I'm going to tell you about the teachings of the demons that would say, it's your body, take that life, take that baby out of you. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's not God telling you that. There's a greater force teaching us these things. And at the end of the day, we have young people that don't understand their identity. Not understanding that you were created in the image of God. That you were created to have a relationship with God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made for young girls to realize that you are beautiful in the eyes of God. For moms to understand that you are a gift of God to your family, the church, and a ministry to this world. But yet we have and say, I'm not good enough. I don't add up until the point where we get to where this guy in the passage. Where it says that he mutilated himself. He cut himself. He's miserable, crying out at night. Crying out for peace, crying out for help, crying out for satisfaction, wanting something in his life. You think about this. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. So I'm going to ask you guys over and over again, if it did not come from God, where did it come from? I'm just figured out that there is a battle raging. There is a problem greater than you. It's behind the scenes. You can't see it. 